Knowledge, the Science of the Saints. In this 38th episode of Our Lady's Shock Troops, Kevin Rorty discusses the gift by which the Holy Ghost teaches saints how to be saints. This gift is the perfection of faith. It governs the practical living out of our faith in daily events. And though it's a gift, not an acquired skill, Kevin offers concrete suggestions to help one be more attentive to this gift, to cultivate it. Praise be Jesus and Mary. I'm David Rodriguez, content director of the Fatim Center, joined by Kevin Rorty, Ahsoka, Souls of the Christian Apostolate. Kevin, it's good to see you again. Hey, David. Great to see you, too. Today is First Saturday in the month of June, so just a reminder to everyone to please practice that First Saturday devotion every month. And it's simple. There's always just five steps. So you receive Holy Communion on that day. You make a good confession within a week, eight days of First Saturday. You do a 15-minute meditation on the mysteries of the rosary, one or all or some of them. And then you also pray the rosary, the meditation and the prayer of the rosary, not to be confused. So it's, let's say, two different events. And you do all of those with the intention of making reparation to the Immaculate of Mary, especially for the sins that are committed against her which our Lord specified sisters here. We have all of this on our homepage, so you can check that out. And this month is kind of unique because this first Saturday is also an Ember Day. The week after Pentecost, we always have the Ember Days on Wednesday, Friday, and Saturday, days of fast, prayer, abstinence, days also to pray for vocations, to pray for those who are having children or pregnant or wanting to get pregnant, even the fruit of the earth. And certainly the focus of penance with Ember Days really dovetails well with the message of Fatima. So that's just setting our liturgical context. But Kevin, what are we going to be talking about today? We're going to talk about the gift of knowledge, the third gift after fear and piety. And uh, yeah, we can jump into it. Let's go ahead and do that. If you'll, as always, please lead us with a prayer. Absolutely. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Veni Sancte Spiritus, reple tuorum corda fidelium, et tui amoris nei signe mishende. Mite spiritum tuum et creabuntur. Et renovabis pacem terre. Oremus, Deus qui corda fidelium, sancti spiritus illustrationi docuisti, da nobis in eodem spiritu recta sapere, et de eus semper consolatione gaudere, per Christum Dominum nostrum. Amen. Amen. In the Father, and the Son, and the Ghost. Amen. So yes, we are in this little mini-series right now on the seven gifts of the Holy Ghost quite appropriate that Pentecost is right now when, you know, the whole Christian world turns to pray for this outpouring of the Holy Ghost and that we will have these gifts or that we will better use them or be strengthened in these gifts since we have them, as we've already talked about by virtue of our baptism and and being in the state of grace. We've already talked about piety and fear of the Lord. So up next, I guess, is knowledge, which Well, Kevin, I have found in talking to people that because it has a, let's say, relatively, maybe I could say generic name, knowledge, it's like, well, knowledge, to know things. It seems like when we talk about this as a gift of the Holy Ghost, people get a little confused with it, especially maybe in its similarity to understanding or even to counsel. So what are we talking about when we are referring to this gift of knowledge of the Holy Ghost? 
Yeah, well, I'll just start with a little explanation from Father John Harden's Catholic Encyclopedia. Knowledge, he says, by the illuminating action of the Holy Spirit, it perfects the virtue of faith. It gives a person the ability to judge everything from a supernatural standpoint. The object of this gift is the whole spectrum of created things insofar as they lead one to God. Through infused knowledge, the faithful can see the providential purpose of whatever enters their lives, and they are able to put creatures to the right use according to God's will for themselves and for others. Sometimes called the science of the saints, it enables those who have the gift to discern easily and effectively between the impulses of temptation and inspiration of grace. Okay, there's a lot to unpack here, but I think the core way of seeing this is that this is the gift that allows us to see any created thing in life and events from a supernatural standpoint. Okay, if you think, what are the angels in heaven? What are the saints in heaven? What are they thinking? What are they seeing when they look at me going to work or this accomplishment or this difficulty how are they seeing things from that light of eternity from that supernatural perspective and what follows from that you know it's known as the science of the saints because it helps to discern properly the good from the bad spirits what is actually an inspiration from god versus what could be a temptation from the flesh the world or the devil and it is perfected or it it, it is coinciding with the virtue of faith and it perfects it Insofar as faith at its core, or maybe at its start, at its minimum, so to speak, is believing in the creed, for example. Okay? You, you accept these tenets of the faith. You might believe, you know, God is all-powerful and almighty and all-loving and all-providential. But do your sentiments, do your thoughts, and everything in between... Do those actually correspond with that truth, not just in that moment when you say, yes, I assent to this, but throughout everything in your life? Do you see everything in your life from that lens? When something bad happens to you, do you see it as an opportunity to merit? I mean, I can definitely say myself when I get impatient, you know, in traffic or something like that. It's like I'm not thinking that this is an opportunity to grow in grace often. I'm not seeing from that supernatural standpoint. And that's what the gift of knowledge can help with is seeing in the particulars, not just the universal, these are true, but seeing the particulars where those universal truths are applied. Okay, that's kind of seeing faith. That's why faith is perfected because those things still go along with that virtue of faith to see everything in their true lights, in their true nature. That faith helps perfect our intellect, so it helps us perceive things as they truly are, because the ultimate truth is the supernatural truth, right? Well, our intellects are, are darkened because of original sin, so we don't actually see everything in their totality. Faith helps us, helps illuminate us in that way. And so the gift of knowledge helps really bring that illumination about with the gift of faith through the inspiration of the Holy Ghost. Acting on that divine plane, if you recall, these gifts helped us act in this more divine way. How is God seeing this? How is God moving us in these things? So that's how I'd kick off the discussion about the gift of knowledge. That's a great kickoff. And I want to highlight a few things you said. First, I really like the idea that this is the science of the saints. 
In fact, when you see the gifts written out in Latin, one of them reads, Scientia. And I think that conveys what this gift is better than the word knowledge. In English, I guess we might consider instead like to know how. And in many ways, that's how we see science, right? To understand how things work in the natural world. So we've got biologists that tell us about biology. Uh, semiconductor engineers can design microchips and explain how they work. And yet this, ciencia, it's a science of the supernatural. And it's the saints who have the know-how. Every saint used this knowledge, this science of the Holy Ghost, to in fact become a saint. And you know how sometimes the things that the saints do, they don't always make sense to us. I'm always bumping into that when I'm reading their biographies. But it's because they're following this knowledge. And we often are not. Or the people around them are not. So they perceive them as, you know, crazy or strange or odd, when in fact the saints are quite sane because they have this knowledge, this science, this know-how, how to become holy, how to become saints. And if we want to become saints, and I think we do, then we also need this knowledge from the Holy Ghost. Second point, I also really liked how you said, quoting Father Hardin, that this science helps us discern easily and effectively between the impulses of temptation and the inspirations of grace. And how often I encounter something that I'm trying to figure out, is God asking me to do this? Or is this a trick, a temptation, a trick of the devil? Spiritual directors can certainly help with this, but let's face it, there's no one better than the Holy Ghost. Each day we're confronted with so many decisions to do this or that with our time, this or that activity at the parish, or how to prioritize various duties of our state in life. And so to have this divine light, so to speak, shining on with grace, this one or that one is in fact God's will for us right now, well, that indeed is a marvelous gift. With all that said, third point, I think a way that I would describe it is as a kind of practical faith. You know, like the faith, like you're saying, in the day-to-day -day concrete. So I think very often with some Catholics, the faith becomes too much of an abstract thing. Like you were saying, belief in the creeds. Like, I believe... Here's a real concrete one that, like, Father Rodriguez is always talking about in his sermons. I believe Jesus is present in the Blessed Sacrament, right? We say that. We have this belief in transubstantiation. But then, like, Father Rodriguez says, yeah, but how are you acting at Mass? Is the Mass really the center of, like, are you looking forward to it all week? Are you doing this, like, really good preparation? Are you doing this really good Thanksgiving? When you're at Mass, are you really attentive? He goes, he, he tends to say, if you really had this faith, then your whole life will be a little different. We, we would be acting very differently at Mass. And I'm like, well, that's that knowledge, that sort of direct experience that comes in a very sort of practical faith that I really believe it's so much so that it's affecting everything I do all the time. And that's where I see how much more I can grow in it. But that's applying to everything. I mean, I think the Mass is a good one because we all have such a you know direct experience, at least every Sunday, let's say, at Mass. And so we can connect there. But then it's true of all the other things. Even just what you said in that definition about how you can then see the providential purpose of whatever enters your life. We can say, again, abstractly, I know God is all good, God is my Father, God loves me. 
But then in the day-to-day nitty-gritty, like you say, the traffic accident, I get sick, I'm knocked out in my bed, I can't get up, you know, I'm having these problems with, you know, neighbors, children, coworkers, whatever it is, and you're like ripping your hair out instead of being a little bit more calm about it and recognizing God's got this in control. And this is actually working to my advantage for my sanctification, for my growth and merit. And certainly I see that a lot, like we lack a lot of knowledge when it comes to the grave crisis in the church. Because so often we lose our peace about it. We're not using this gift of knowledge that the Holy Ghost has given us to try to perceive God's providence. To see how all these things that are happening, and some of them very evil, very evil, are still, there's still things that God will use to help us, to perfect us, to work his will for the world and for us individually. So I think it's an incredibly useful gift, but one that we underappreciate and underutilize. Yeah. And so I would say one practical way that this gift can really help is if you struggle with attachments, which unless you, yeah, I mean, even saints, you know, had to face temptation with attachments. So you, you face at least temptations to attachments. Anyone who's listening to this. So the gift of knowledge can help overcome attachments, whether it's just simple, very small attachments or to mortal sin or anywhere in between the gift of knowledge and it's different facets, sometimes can be a lot more drastic than others, can help to perceive the emptiness of sin. That's why I believe it's it corresponds with the beatitude, blessed are they that mourn, because this science of seeing the temporality of these things, that these we so easily make these things a bigger deal than they actually are. These worldly things or pleasures or vanity or pride, like that's pride is blowing yourself up way bigger where if knowledge can help pierce through to see, I'm just this tiny little thing and I'm making myself such a big deal, you know, or I think my opinion is so important or my judgment is here, you know, and everyone else is down here or something like, like knowledge is going to help us all pierce through these things and see, whoa, okay. In comparison to God who is so infinite and so almighty and so eternal and so loving, I see everything in that light and it really shifts how I perceive these things. And that can help diminish if I keep having this temptation. I ask for the inspiration of the gift of knowledge to help me see things as they actually are. For example, think of lust. It's such a passing thing that leads to nothing, yet we're so tempted by it. And the gift of knowledge can help us become calm. And we ask the gift of knowledge to help us see everything in life from its true good. And we see that thing is so little in comparison to any spiritual good that we could merit any lasting good, you know, that on your deathbed, you're going to look back and be like, that was meaningful from God's perspective and from eternity. Those are the kind of things that knowledge can really help us overcome as far as attachments. And it could be, like you said, it could even be attachments to my opinion about the state of things in the world or the church or something like that. That's another way that we can end up getting disturbed because we blow things up more than it should be. Or maybe things are way worse. Actually, like you were saying, they probably are way worse than we could even imagine. There's also really good things that we don't even get to see. All the angels rejoicing over every one soul that is converted. You know, we don't see that either. But from our own standpoint, knowledge helps us perceive what is actually going to help us, you know, get to heaven from that supernatural standpoint. And so when it comes to any attachment, this gift is very important. Helps us detach from creatures and make the right use of creatures. So I really see this 
in the lives of the saints. I think as, as you read them, you'll see that. I was reading recently about, I think she's blessed still, Alejandrina da Costa. And she is often known as the fourth seer of Fatima. So maybe we'll have to talk about her some other time here on this channel. Uh, but she was Portuguese, and I believe she was born in 1905. She dies maybe around 1950, and she lives a little north of where Fatima is. Up near the city of Porto, which is the second most populous city in Portugal. Uh, but she suffered so much. It's a great story. I mean, I encourage you to read about it. Uh, our Lord does appear to her. She has these mystical revelations. But that comes later on in her life when she was really undergoing a crisis of life and faith because she was suffering so much. You know, she kind of kept asking the question of why and, and why. When she finally, I think, came to embrace it is really when our Lord was elevating her into that mystical state. She began to suffer his passion, for example, on Fridays. So she was really able to understand even like the use of her own body and its sufferings, how God was using it, right? And I think that's so hard for us. St. Francis of Assisi, another one, I mean, he got the stigmata too, but just the way St. Francis saw in everything, you know, it's it's not corny, although people have made it, which is unfortunate, but when he says things like Brother Sun and Sister Moon, I mean, he sees the sun completely exactly. in relation to how he views God. It's like, here's St. Francis and here's God and everything, the sun and every other creature is through it. He's actually looking right at God, um, and these things are in the way, and so he always sees everything in relation to God. And so, whatever, it might be like the mountains and their great stability remind him of like the permanence of God, right? But maybe the beauty of a flower or something like that reminds him of, of God's beauty. So he starts seeing all those qualities in God through God's creation, which is how, you know, totally. we, we have to approach things. So I think that's what uh, knowledge helps us, and then, again, makes us use all these creatures correctly. I think it's perfect that we're talking about this on an ember day uh, because the whole concept of like fasting, even from things that are good for us or things that are beautiful themselves, you know, things like uh, not eating this or not eating that. We're trying to get the right relation with this creature so that we understand our final end and why God has created it. And when we fast and we can abstain from it, even though it's a good thing, it teaches us that. It helps us keep that final end in perspective and approach all these created things well. We've lost a lot of that because we've lost, you know, the Lenten practices, the Ember Day practices. Some of our viewers might not even be familiar with the fact that today is an Ember Day and that we have these four sets of Ember Days corresponding to each of the four seasons. And that just shows us the necessity, I think, of getting back to understanding all these creatures in their right relation. And even for us, like with our spouses and our children. That, too, is something we always have to re relate to them in view of our final end, our, our first cause and our final end. Yeah, and I think even, you know, to that point, seeing the dignity of other people in our world that uses people, mm -hmm. you think of porn and things like that, but, you know, bad business, unethical business practices and vaccines. I mean, so many things like just not seeing the, the dignity of men made in the image of God, that they're not there just for our own utility. I think the, the gift of knowledge can really help with that. I would say, you know, I would recommend for people to consider the past, present, and future with the gift of knowledge to be able to help perceive God's mercy in the past, his grace in the present, and his providence in the future. And maybe pick out one or two events or created things that correspond to each of those and, and pray with your mentor. You can ask God to inspire me with, gift of knowledge to be able to perceive these things as they truly are. 
good or bad. You know, maybe pick one of each, one that's good, one that causes anxiety, consternation, or temptation even. And ask God to help enlighten you to see things as they truly are. That could go a long way to developing the spiritual life. Yeah, one of the things I read from Father Tanqueray, which I really appreciated and feel I need more of, is he mentioned how this gift, it helps us quickly perceive what rightly concerns our own sanctification and the sanctification of others. And then obviously it's not, it's not like human reason you're using this. It's not right. like you're sort of philosophically and theoretically figuring these things out. It's this more intuitive, almost like experiential Piercing grasp through. of yeah. it. Yeah. And, exactly. and so I was remembering a talk I just had with Father Carney where we were talking about like, there's all these devotions and like, how do you know what devotion is right for you? And Father Carney was talking in particular about the Holy Face devotion. He was saying, look, a lot of times God's just going to let you know, like, this is the one that he wants you to do, right? That's why all the saints like had particular strengths or particular aspects of the mystery of Christ that they're drawn to, right? Some might be drawn to his crown of thorns. Some might be drawn to Our Lady of Sorrow. Some might be drawn to... You know, our Lord feeding the multiple, whatever it is, right? Even orders, even entire religious orders are based upon some of these sort of aspects of the issue of Christ's life. Well, it's this gift that helps pierce through like all this plethora of goods. Let's say all these many different devotions. And then you realize, oh, this is the one that I need more for my sanctification. And by the same token, then you're talking to someone else and you realize, well, that that's not necessarily the one they need for their sanctification, right? God might be calling them to another one. And so it's the Holy Ghost directly helping us understand what is good for our own sanctification, and especially for those of us who, let's say, are in positions of authority over others, uh, certainly fathers over their children, for example. Mothers, too, of course. But priests over their parishioners, you know, bishops over their dioceses, things like that. They're also supposed to use this gift to be able to identify rather readily, quickly and easily, again, because it's the Holy Ghost, what is good for the sanctification of those under me, so myself and others. And because of that, I think it's highly useful and one that we need to tap into a lot more, which I guess is my last question for you. And that would simply be any tips, or any ideas on precisely that. I mean, it's easy to say, well, tap into this more, use this more. What can we do to sort of cultivate this uh, to get stronger in the gift of knowledge? Yeah, well, I think with a lot of these gifts, I do think journaling can help insofar as just it, it makes you if you journal specifically about these are times in my life where the gift of knowledge has come up where I actually been inspired with the gift of knowledge, even in a faint way or very in a stark way could be. Think of times where you've really perceived, for example, maybe you're in a really worldly environment. You were filled yeah. without any temptation, without any necessary consternation, but just a deep sense of like this is just empty. You know, this is not. It's just nothing, you know. That could be the gift of knowledge, really helping you just really pierce through any of those human social factors and all that kind of stuff. But thinking of things like that, uh, on the flip side, any times where you've been really inspired to want to praise God because of some event in your life or maybe the beauty of nature or something beautiful, to think how the gift of knowledge may have played a role in that. And then think of any times in the future where either of those may come to pass and maybe jot those down so you can be more attentive because the idea is that it's not that this is a skill that's acquired it's this is a gift you already have this gift if you're in the state of grace it's a matter if you think of it kind of it's like a spiritual instinct you know almost a sense a spiritual sense that you just have to become more aware of and more attentive to 
and God will inspire it more and more. You know, it's just as he's blowing, you know, but are your sales up? That's really what this is about. So that's why I, I do actually think journaling, well, I don't think is a replacement for mental prayer, um, I think is another very, very helpful practice, one that I've found fruitful for trying to just be more attentive. And even just asking today, Lord, what, in what way is this or that gift inspiring me? Is, well, how is the fear of the Lord inspiring me in any particular way today? The gift of knowledge, any particular way and so forth. Um, and I would say also one last thing that comes to mind is knowledge of yourself. Being inspired with a sense of self-knowledge so that you, on the one hand, can see your faults, but, but to see who God has made you to become, regenerate in baptism, to become a great saint in the transforming union. Like God has made you for that. And to see yourself in that light insofar as that is your end, that is your final end, that is who you are at your core. And God wants to make that a reality more and more. And to see that as your identity rather than all of the self-imposed identities, the identities from the world and all of that, you know, to know ourselves as adopted sons of God who cry, Abba, Father. I think that the gift of knowledge can help really see the identity of who we are. And so really praying through that and even, you know, journaling, what is that? How do I describe that? And coming back to that when you feel like you are letting the world and the flesh and the devil slowly eat away at a clear vision, a clear understanding of the purpose of your life and of who you are and what you're made for. Thanks for that reminder for the journaling. I tend to do it a little bit more when, for example, I'm on retreat and then sort of in my normal routine of life, get away from that. My only suggestions that onto that, that's a little more mundane than yours, I think. And we've already said them, but I'll just reiterate them. And that's because of that close connection that we said between faith and knowledge. Try to see as much as you can with the eyes of faith. Again, it's a gift of the Holy Ghost. And so all you can really do is maybe try to attune yourself, you know, like in the way an antenna catches a a radio signal. You know, I kind of say the more you can try to see with your eyes of faith, the more you'll be, let's say, receptive when the Holy Ghost is moving you or speaking or inspiring you for you to pick up on that. And so, you know, ask yourself things like in the light of faith, why am I doing this? You know, you're going to go someplace. You're going to watch a particular movie. You're going to read a book. You're going to go interact with a particular friend. If you can ask yourself, well, how does this help me in terms of heaven? How does this help me in terms of my end? How do I see this in, in light of faith? I'll always, <laughs> they don't always like it, but I will get my kids on that one, right? They'll ask, Dad, can I do whatever it is they want to do? And I'm like, okay, well, how is that helping you, you know, get to heaven? And they're like, oh, Dad. <laughs> Sometimes they come up with some great answers. And I'm like, well, that's a good answer. You're thinking about it. Well, go ahead and do it. <laughs> and, and other times I'm like, you know, but if we can ask ourselves that or, you know, our accountability friends, partners, whoever they are that we talk to about these things, that I think is good. And then, of course, as I mentioned, just anytime we're able to make a sacrifice or a penance, you know, especially with the message of Fatima, we want to be offering everything as a penance, our daily duty, all the little things that come our way. But the more we can train ourselves to think of that, offering things up, I think will help us because that's connected to faith. You don't offer anything up unless yeah, faith. So uh, those are my practical things to help cultivate cultivate the gift. Totally. Well, I think I uh, covered a lot here. Yeah, no, I think we did. So uh, maybe we'll just close with a prayer for that gift, because obviously that's the other big thing, right? Keep praying for this. Pray for free. Absolutely. Yeah, we'll dip back into the little Holy Ghost prayer booklet that we have, that little red booklet. And uh, again, people can get it from the St. Vincent Prayer Foundation. We'll put that information below. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. O Holy Ghost, impart to me the gift of knowledge, that illuminating light 
that will not only teach me the truth in all things pertaining to my salvation, but will make me despise what is deserving of contempt and love what is worthy of being loved. Our Lady of Fatima, pray for us. In the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Thanks so much, Kevin. We'll catch you another couple of weeks, all right? All right. Thanks, David. God bless everyone. Our Ladies Shock Troops is brought to you by the Fatima Center. Copyright 2023. All rights reserved. The message of Fatima is the solution for our time. Only she can help us now. It is urgent that we live according to Our Lady's message and share it with everyone we know. For more resources and to support this vital apostolate with your donation, visit our website, Fatima.org, or call us at 1-800-263-8160. May all we do be for the glory of God and salvation of souls. Immaculate Heart of Mary, pray for us. O Holy Ghost, grant me thy gift of knowledge.